Red Reporter Podcast. Uh, imagine that. Um, <laughs> we are uh, we are on August sixteenth. We're uh, we're roughly twenty. I guess right at twenty games into the season, or twenty games played. Who knows how many have been scheduled and rescheduled at this point? Um, but we're basically a third away through this modified one hundred and sixty-two minus one hundred and two game sixty-game season. Uh, they are trying to pull off in the middle of a pandemic, um, and just because our timing is impeccable, we decided we'd jump back in and record a podcast about the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, right at the same time that the Cincinnati Reds have stopped playing because of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> uh, on Friday, uh, we found out that uh, a Cincinnati Reds player had tested positive for COVID-19, and therefore the two games that they have remaining in their series against the Pittsburgh Pirates um, got postponed for the time being. So uh, between that, being in third of the gateway through the season, and finally kind of having enough data to really think we know what the heck's going on with this particular Reds club, uh, we decided we'd jump back in and uh, start doing some uh, some podcasting about the Reds again. So uh, I'm Wick, I'm your host, uh, and joining me tonight in Cincinnati, home of the Cincinnati Reds that you can only watch on your television and not actually in Great American Ballpark, uh, is BK. Beak, what's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. How's it going, Wick? Yeah, it's a uh, crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, to be without <laughs> yeah. Reds baseball already, but uh, you know, here we are, and uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't have plans to go to the Reds game this weekend, so I'm glad that my plans were not uh, derailed by this, because uh, obviously they're not having fans in attendance. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's dig into it. Yeah, it's um. So here we are. Um, you know. The Reds have had multiple scares already this season, and I guess it's probably best to kind of talk about that. And it's weird to think about it in context because it seems so long ago uh, that Matt Davidson tested positive and then Mike Moustakis and, and Nick Senzel woke up the next morning not feeling well and were self-reported system, symptoms like responsible human beings in the midst of a pandemic. Never actually tested positive but missed games. The Reds tried to play through it without all those players. Uh, and lost a lot of games in the process. They got them all back. Then Joey Votto didn't feel good one day and reported it also. That was the second scare. They held him out. He never tested positive and came back. Um, and, and now we're dealing with this. And while there's been no official um, announcement about what the Reds are dealing with, uh, it is very obvious that, you know, as play ended on Friday, there was a really odd scene uh, with J.R. House basically coming out and uh, almost escorting Nick Senzel from center field into the dugout on his own and not participating in the uh, the postgame handshakes. And you know, mm-hmm. it was very like like Hunger Games ish in a way. The whole the whole thing they were that we're trying to live through periodically in this uh, this strange strange year is weird itself. But to watch the way that sports. Are, are kind of trying to do this delicate balancing act as well. Um, that really seemed to be on display on Friday. Uh, and what should have been a very celebratory victory for the Reds uh, got really sour really quickly. And um, we're still kind of trying to wait to see what's going to happen because of it. And obviously this is a Reds issue that we're talking about. Um, but the rest of the baseball league has been dealing with it too. You know, the Washington Nationals started the season without Juan Soto, um, not because he actually had coronavirus, but because he couldn't complete multiple negative tests in a row. Um, the Marlins had a massive outbreak and they missed a, a week and a half of play. And 
basically were claiming every player available on, uh, on waivers just to make sure that they had enough p- uh, players to be able to compete when they got back on the field. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, I think, have played seven games uh, so far and just got back on the field after their own massive outbreak kind of claimed their schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just that. You know, you look up at, at those particular teams and how they're dealing with this incident. It's all the teams they were supposed to play also that are getting stuck with having to deal with this too um, because it doesn't look like they're going to abandon games on the outset. And so everybody that the, the Cardinals were supposed to have to play is not going to get stuck having to play double headers left and right uh, to try to complete this season, which means they're they're going to have to call up new pitchers they wouldn't have otherwise thrown. Um, it really has a ripple effect and an impact uh, all up and down Major League Baseball. Uh, and the Reds are finally having a chance to uh, to have to deal with it themselves right now. Um, Big, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, and it's it kind of goes back to what we talked about kind of the last time we did this, which was, you know, a month month or so ago, you know, before, the, the, before the, the how the heck are they going to do this? Yeah. yeah, it was – and really, I, I think that, you know, we – had kind of talked about that this is just going to be a really weird season. And the, the team that kind of gets the, gets the best kind of lucky breaks uh, through this uh, is, are the, are the teams that are going to be in uh, the best position. And so, you know, the Reds, you know, knock on wood, they have been lucky up until this point, you know, they didn't have any, uh, you know, outside of the, the scares that you mentioned there, there hadn't been, any positive tests. There hadn't been any, you know, a, a widespread outbreak on, on the reds as um, that's has been the case with other teams. So, and, and really the reds hadn't had any games postponed. So, you know, while yeah, the red, the Cardinals have played, you know, seven games, the reds have already played 20. So, you know, this, it's just, uh, it's just such a weird season that, um, you know, it, it was bound to happen. I, I think, you know, when you, when you tempt fate, like MLB has done um, with, you know, having these guys, having the teams traveling, having the teams not playing in a bubble, like uh, we're, we've seen in other leagues where that's actually been really effective, but you know, it's uh, it's finally kind of come back to, to bite the reds and we'll see, we'll see what comes of it. You know, it's uh, we don't really know a lot about the positive test. We don't, we, we don't have any confirmation about who it was. Obviously uh, you know, we, we can speculate on that a little bit, but um, you know, the, the team hasn't come out and said anything um, as to what, who the player is, what kind of test it was that um, tested positive, if they're still being tested and, you know, really we won't know the ripple effect of, of, that it'll have on the team until, you know, we're recording this on Sunday night. And so we may, we might not know um, really until, you know, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, if we're even going to play baseball this week. So, you know, it's uh it's a fluid situation. I think the Reds are just like everyone else now that they've, you know, they're kind of getting their plans thrown into, into disarray. I know I'm sure that, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer, who was supposed to get the start last night, I'm sure uh, we're we're going to get a video from him about uh, how mishandled this was. I don't know. I, th- I think I, I think I we really might have already got it, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know. I know. For uh, for one of his other his uh, rain delay start, uh, he uh, he was pretty mad about that. But you know, the uh, 
the the COVID test start might be uh might be another story with him. But yeah, it's uh you know I, I think that we have a lot to talk about. Um, just kind of as as the Reds have done so far this year when they've had a chance to play. But you know I, I think uh, talking about this out of the gate just you know it's uh it's a fluid situation. We're gonna just kind of. You know, at Red Reporter, we're going to cover it the best we can, the the best way we know how, and which is just going to be one one day at a time, one one uh, media tweet at a time, as far as uh, what's going on, and uh, we're going to go from there. And I guess I guess that's that's the the next place to go is that you know John Hammond earlier today tweeted that every red that was tested yesterday, all the results came back negative, right. um, which. Uh, on the surface sounds great, but when you kind of dig into that, A, um, that doesn't mean that all reds were tested. Uh, so we don't know if the person who tested uh, uh, tested positive on Friday got tested and it came back negative. So we right. still are unclear there. And I mean, uh, and, there, and we're also we would, in like we the, would also, yeah, we would assume that that player is not at the ballpark uh, just to be, you know, away from the team. So um, yeah, they, you know, we don't know if that, player would have tested positive on their own or, or what. So, and we also don't know if that, that player that tested positive is symptomatic. Uh, we don't know right. if they've been tested multiple times and have it. And that just wasn't included in this. Um, we also know that there is an incubation period. So we don't know if right. all the players that were exposed to this guy on Friday have it and just haven't started testing positive yet. Um, so there's still a whole hell of a lot that's up in the air uh, about the Reds traveling to Kansas City and playing games and uh, even potentially taking on the St. Louis Cardinals later this week also, who obviously are just kind of coming out of a major uh, uh, kind of uh, outbreak with their own their own club. So, um, yeah, it's hard to, to even look forward at all to any games, any series, any pitching matchups, any of that shit right now, because right. you physically <laughs> don't know if the Reds are going to be playing. You don't know if the Reds is going to be a baseball team for another four or five days. You know, it's right. uh, it's 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 a weird, weird thing to have to go to. Um, you know, on the one hand, you look back at how things were at the first week of the season when none of the other major outbreaks had happened and Major League Baseball wasn't willing to shut the Reds down altogether as they went through the Davidson Senzel Mustakas right. thing. And the Reds had the Reds played shorthanded, didn't play well, and lost. Uh, now you've got the Cardinals who have played actually eight games now to date because they played today okay. earlier. Um, you know, are they well, are they going to be better off because they didn't have to play without Yadier Molina and all the other guys that got tested, um, or are they going to be worse off for the wear down the road because they're going to have to play fifty five games in forty six days or whatever the hell it is? Um, right. It's uh, it's a juggle that doesn't have a very concrete, correct answer for any team to be able to pull off. Um, it's just weird that like. Even Major League Baseball's response to these kind of things that they knew were inevitable, even that has changed in, in a two to three week window as they've occurred because of how broad and widespread it's, it's been. So it's uh, you know it's you, you want to be able to kind of anticipate what the Reds are going to have to go through to get back on the field, but you simply don't know because it might Major League Baseball might change the way they're going about dealing with it every day between now and when the Reds right. get on the field, and who knows, God forbid, if another team has an outbreak, maybe that might kick everything into some weird motion again. So it's, um, it's weird because yeah. baseball is, you know, the, it's the traditional play every day and have six months of, of 
gradual monotony that you know is going to be there. And that's how you build in all of the way that you, the ways that you look at and analyze how teams are, how they're playing, how they're doing, what their trends are, and you go forward with it. Um, you can't do any of that this year. So um, <laughs> trying to figure out which teams are good and which teams aren't right now is – uh, it's 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 hard to do because any any opinion you form, it's going to come with massive caveats because of uh, four or five different things that we've never had to put in as inputs to to analyze teams before. And so yeah. here we are. The Reds are nine and eleven. Uh, they're technically in fourth place in the National League Central behind the four and four Cardinals. Um, but they're also a game out of second uh, behind the Milwaukee Brewers, who are 10-10. and 10. Um, We've got expanded playoffs this year. 16 teams are going to make the playoffs. Um, the season is not lost, uh, despite the fact that uh, the Reds have kind of underperformed and they've had injuries, and now they've got this coronavirus scare. Um, I-, I guess to kind of break down what we've actually seen from the Reds after that entire spiel of the you know setting the landscape for where the hell baseball is right now, um, what are your thoughts on what's gone right for the Cincinnati Reds so far this year. Yeah, I mean, and I I would definitely say, number one, starting pitching. Um, You know, when you look at um, what they've got from their their kind of big three starters and even some of the guys that, um, you know, they really weren't counting on, you know, the Reds have really just – the starting pitching is why they have the nine wins that they have. And so – you know the bullpen obviously has uh, has struggled mightily, as any anyone following the team so far knows. But you know when you look at, I mean, the Reds really have only had four starter outings that uh, where the starter gave up more than three earned runs, and and two of those you know were Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, and the other two were you know Wade Miley and Anthony DiScafani, who um, you know. Di Scalfani has been good otherwise, but they've got a lot of good uh, pitching from Tyler Molly. Um, they had a good start from TJ Antone. So, you know, it's uh, I, I think that that right now is their strength. And, you know, it's if they if they get more of these postponements, you know, it's it's hard to see that not being a good thing for the Reds, if only because. They get more of these seven inning doubleheader games and, you know, that's potentially less bullpen innings. And so that's uh, I think that to me has been the biggest thing that's gone right. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, obviously having Sonny Gray do what he's done and and Trevor Bauer when he's gotten the opportunity has been fantastic as well. Luis Castillo has pitched a little bit better than uh, I think some of his numbers suggest, and the stuff has been every bit as electric as you'd hope it would be. Yeah, he, uh, and Tyler and Tyler Malley's been, I, I think, as far as I'm concerned, he's been kind of the 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? The, uh, the diamond in the rough a little bit, you know, the guy that got, sure. uh, uh, you know, bumped on the pecking order when they sideways Miley and then suddenly thrust into uh, kind of picking up the pieces for both Miley and disco when he was hurt early uh, has really kind of jumped into that, uh, that, that role and, and shown that he's not just a, uh, a guy who might not be a starting pitcher, but could be a good arm. I think he's shown he can be a legit starting pitcher in the big leagues, uh, which is great for this year and going forward. Um, there have been bright spots on the offense at times as well. It just seems like it's kind of been almost an all or nothing offense. And that's, that's frustrating in many regards, but uh, you look at some of the players they went out and got this off season. Uh, you know, Nick Castellanos is, Castellanos has been a little bit 
uh, slumping, I, I guess, over the last you know four or five games, but just on an absolute tear to start the season. Yeah, he had that hot start. So yeah, and he yeah. looks every bit the guy that, that that they signed to be that big offensive factor in the middle of the lineup, and so that's been tremendous. Uh, Mike Mustakis has been plagued by. Uh, a plague <laughs> originally you know he had to, to sit out with those original symptoms even though we never actually had coronavirus uh then he got hit on the arm and had to miss a game because he got plunked and now he's got a thigh bruise and i guess if anything uh the one good part about having the reds kind of have these games postponed this weekend is that in theory you're getting closer to getting moose back and there's a fewer games that you're going to have to have uh, the Reds play without him being a- able to yeah. play, uh, and but he's looked the part when he's been in there as well. And obviously, the you know I'm not a big off the field uh, clubhouse chemistry uh, evaluator, but from all accounts, it seems like he's certainly the kind of guy that was brought in to be the uh, the Scott Rowland type um, veteran player on this club. And by all accounts, yeah. it seems like he's been pretty well received. So um, you know those things have been good. There there have been good aspects of this Reds club. Um, you've seen Jesse Winker just absolutely take off. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I, I, I wrote before the season, I thought he was in a very good position to do that this year, especially with the DH in the lineup um, as well. Uh, but seeing the steps he's taken, I mean, this is the guy that, you know, Joe, I, we've, we've, I think we've probably cited it. If, if the, if the SB Nation search function was a little bit better than it is, you could go back and find the number of times we've cited Jonathan Mayo stating when Winker was coming up as a prospect that this guy had future batting title uh, potential in there. Um, he's got a sweet swing, and when it's on, uh, the dude's just impossible to get out, and that's the kind of tear he's been on. Uh, Nick Senzel's looks really good, too, and I think that's mm-hmm. a big, big development because um, you know last year was such a transitional year for him, both positionally and you know, going from infield to outfield. He went through that major swing change and then back from it, uh, fought injuries as well. Um, he's looked the part of a 25-year-old future just stud uh, for the Cincinnati Reds lineup, both offensively and defensively. I mean, he looks like he's been playing center field his entire life. Um, there, there are good parts to what the Reds have put together so far this year. It's just not been all there at the same time, and I think that's why they've lost a lot of games that they should have won. I mean, they're 9-11 right now. They probably should be 13-7, and 12-8. Uh, by all accounts, you know, um, especially when you look at some of the teams that they have blown leads against. It's not like they've been up against the cream of the crop that's come back and won these games. Uh, it's a lot of times been uh, kind of bottom feeder teams that you didn't expect a lot out of that have come back and bitten the Reds, in part because of what we'll get to next, which is the things that haven't gone right for the Reds this year. Um, and, the, and the bullpen is the only way to start there. Uh, you want to you want to kick that one off? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the and and what you and just to go back to uh, your your previous point, I mean, right, if the Reds were, you know, 12 and 12 and nine, 12 and eight, 12 and nine instead of nine and 11, you know, they would be in second place in the central and we would not be worried at all. Right. That's a playoff spot. That's an automatic playoff spot this year. Yeah, I, I think that we're so close to this team being in a good position that, you know, it's, it, it is frustrating to, to see them not perform when, when we, when they, we know that they can, but, you know, I think that when it, when it comes to the bullpen, obviously the, the main guys not performing, um, you know, you had Michael Lorenzen has just been awful to start the year. Um, and some of the guys that they brought in, uh, you know, Nate Jones has, has had some ups and downs, but I, I, 
I'm not sure why he's pitching all the time. Like <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure why David Bell has dubbed him the eighth inning guy. Um, considering he was a non-roster invite and, you know, you had plenty of other, plenty of other capable arms uh, ready to take that. But I, you know, I, I think that I don't, I don't think that the, the bullpen has been as bad as um, they've been kind of getting, getting dinged for, um, you know, Pedro Strope and his kind of injury issues have not helped. Um, Robert but, Stevenson also, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's, and, and Robert Stevenson has, has only pitched in one game. And so that, that's not helping. So, you know, they, they definitely have a lot of, a lot of innings going to guys that, um, you know, you wouldn't expect, but, you know, let's, let's talk about Lucas Sims for a minute because, uh, you know, there's, there might not be too many relievers in baseball who are, uh, has, have been as solid as Lucas Sims has been so far. Um, just, you know, only given up one, one and run all year, um, you know, struck out 13, which is, you know, more than any other, uh, reliever on the team so far. So, you know, it's, it's given a guy like Lucas Sims a chance to shine in, in this, in this uncertain role. And, uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll get to see him a little bit more, but, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm definitely a little bit baffled about the bullpen usage uh, that David Bell has employed at times. Um, I definitely haven't seen an, as much Amir Garrett as I would have hoped. Um, you, since we haven't heard about any any injury issues with him, I would assume that he's been healthy this whole time. But he even and, gave up a, a, a crucial game altering two run home run yeah, his last he, time out he, too. You know, okay. he had he had the one outing where things kind of went south for him. But you know, the the Reds have played twenty games and he's only pitched eight times and like. I, you know, I need more, I need more from Amir Garrett. I, and I need him in more games uh, if I'm, if I'm the Reds front office, because, you know, that's, that's your guy, right? That's your, your stopper in the bullpen. And yeah. it's, it's, it's baffling that he hasn't pitched more than he has. I, I think there's a couple things at work here. Uh, I think for one, I think David Bell has finally realized that as much as it sounds good on paper to use your best reliever in highest leverage situations and not the ninth inning, Rysel Iglesias doesn't operate like that. He's a ninth inning closer guy. And for better or for worse, that's the scenario in which he thrives. Uh, you know, saves are overrated for sure. Um, but you also have to manage guys and put them in the best position to succeed. And that's the role that Rysel Iglesias is best positioned to succeed in. And so I think Bell has kind of reached the point of saying, you know, maybe the numbers and maybe everything else suggest that I should do this otherwise, but I need him to be at his best when I call on him. And I'm just going to call him on those scenarios. And that's what he's going to do. And he's trying to work back off of that. And I think if you would have told David Bell, uh, you know, 20 games into the season, that Michael Lorenzen literally would have lost you the first four games you put him in all on his own, he just said, you're fucking stupid. There's no way, you know, I mean, Michael Lorenzo last year was tremendous and he's healthy. He's throwing as hard or harder than ever. Yeah. And I think uh, that, that might actually be the 102 in bullpens, right? That might actually be the problem is that he's overthrowing right now. And obviously bringing in the driveline guys and tweaking the entire overhaul of, of the pitching uh, process this winter. Maybe that's somebody who didn't need to have that tweet. Uh, But I think, you know, uh, going to Michael Lorenzen, yeah, he might have gone to him one too many times before kind of demoting him and getting him 
uh, put in a different way. But that's one game. The other three games, like you're you're going to Michael Lorenzen in the seventh and eighth inning in high leverage situations because that's the guy you go to. It's not, it's like the Reds went out and spent forty million dollars in the bullpen this winter and then kept going to Michael Lorenzen. They brought in Pedro Stroke for a million and a half bucks. Has has barely who's hurt? Touched. Who's yeah. hurt? Uh, yeah. Robert Stevenson yeah. is hurt. So you got the other two right handers who aren't available, which means it, 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 I, I'm not sure exactly how Bell could be asked to put Rysel in a, in a spot where he can only succeed, have Michael Lorenzen shit the bed, not have Strope, not have Stevenson, and then have a functioning bullpen that actually like knows what the hell's going on. And on top of that, you know, it's it's a good problem to have because the Red starting pitchers have gone deeper into games and pitched more innings than basically other every other team in baseball. So the only time you're actually seeing relievers is in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. So it's all somewhat high leverage situations. There haven't really been any mop up duties except the games way Miley has started so far this season. Right. And so. I mean and and we're really if you if you go into that even more, you know, the bullpen are generally if they're inheriting a lead at all, it's a one or two run lead most of the time. Right, right. So far be just because the offense has been so stagnant. And you know, you have all these guys on offense who who aren't hitting, you know, the Reds really haven't faced too many of, you know, the top, the top pitchers in baseball so far. You know, I think that that was one thing that we had talked about uh, the last time when, when the schedule was announced and what the, what, what they would be, would be that, you know, the Reds really don't see, you know, they don't see Clayton Kershaw. They're not going to see, you know, these, you know, big time pitchers who, you know, they, they get, you know, NL central pitching and AL central pitching and, you know, they, they can't, they can't pull it off against, you know, the Tigers and the Royals and and those guys. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the bullpen has definitely not, not performed, but I think that the Reds woes to this point really go back to the offense and, um, you know, really the guys that are underperforming there. And, you know, it's it's tough because, you know, you you know that a guy like Joey Votto is going to get it going and Eugenio Suarez is going to get it going. I, he's not as, as of a notoriously slow starter as, as Votto is. But, you know, in a, in a 20, you know, 20 games into a 60-game season, you know, you need those guys to already already be firing on – every cylinder and uh, you know, that hasn't happened and they have got absolutely nothing from anyone else in the lineup that isn't, you know, Winker, Castellanos and Senzel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, uh, it's, you've seen plenty of what the Reds could be this year, I think is the best way to describe it. And you've not seen it all on stage at the same time. Uh, And many instances that's been in part or been largely due to the fact that they haven't had all their best players at the same time. You know, Mike Moustakas has been out for most of the season. Um, Pedro Strope has been out for most of the season. Uh, uh, Robert Stevenson has been out for most of the season. And these are all guys that are going to be back at some point. Um, you know, as as we look up, as weird as it is to say, the trade deadline is two weeks away, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, normally when you're two weeks away from the trade deadline, it's July 16th uh, and there have been – what um, you know, uh, eighty games played. Like you, you know who you you are at that point. Um, 
The difference here is the Reds are still kind of trying to figure out what the hell they are, what they've got, what this, that has gone wrong still looks like it could be corrected. Uh, you know, guys like Michael Lorenzen and guys like even Cody Reed, uh, who has elite stuff at times. Um, do they have enough in the bullpen that looks like it might work? Is Tyler Thornburg a guy that is finally back and healthy and can be as good as he once was in the bullpen? And, you know, if there's anything we know about bullpen guys, it's that they're really good for a year or two and then they get hurt or they just suck for a while. But the moment their arm feels right again, they can be just as good as they always were. Uh, you know, We've seen, time, you, right? <laughs> we've seen it time. Yeah, we've seen it time and time again. We saw how good David Hernandez was until he wasn't. We saw how good Jared Hughes was until he wasn't. Um, you know, guys right. like Nate Jones, who've been bad and injured for two or three years, came back and now suddenly looks like he's potentially got his arm back again. If they can get out right. of Thornburg, what they got, what Thornburg showed a couple of years ago, uh, that that's a star seventh eighth inning reliever. You know, um, so it's going to be very very interesting to see how much the Reds let kind of let it ride versus uh, kind of go out and shop. Uh, and I guess and make moves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the other aspect that we can kind of touch on. And we'll, we've got, we've got more trade deadline stuff and specifics we'll get into uh, as we try to keep this uh, podcast a little more regular, which we will do later on this week, but just kind of in general, you look at the landscape of things. Um, you know, like I said, the Reds are a game out of a playoff spot right now. And it's two weeks to the trade deadline and 16 teams make, the playoffs this year. So what does that mean? That means there are probably going to be two or three teams in the next two weeks that are obvious sellers. And that's it because every right. other team out there has a chance to make the playoffs. You right. know, it's, it's not that the reds are that, you know, most of baseball is a game or two out of a playoff spot right now. And so, yeah. And, you know, and on top of that, tough to, to call it. And on top of that, with the new modified player pool rules and no minor league seasons across everything, uh, to trade big league players, they have to come off the 60-man player pool or it's got to be for a player to be named later or cash. Um, and I think uh, it's going to be very, very difficult to see a lot of these players that get dealt that are fringe players at the deadline where you try to go out and pick up an A-ball player that is not on the 60-man player pool uh, that wouldn't have been on a 60-man player pool in any year. Um, but you're not going to be able to see trades like that that go down. It's only going to be name players that are in the 60-man player pool for a reason in big blockbuster deals, or it's going to be the worst player on the 60-man player pool traded for cash. Uh, and then you hope it's a, a, a you know a bargain bin rebound guy. Rough. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we already saw that with Scott Shebler, who was traded for cash because the Braves needed a, a body in the outfield until Nick Barcagas got back. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't anticipate the trade deadline being uh, someplace where the Reds can automatically go out and find that reliever that's going to fix their, their, their bullpen or find that offensive force. That's going to, you know, wh- right. where do you, where do you even slot in somebody on the offense right now? You're not benching Eugenio Suarez for the rest of the year. Um, you know, you're yeah. not, I mean, you're not, uh, you're not going to pitch both catchers. So it's yeah. uh it's going to be very interesting to see which teams, if any teams, actually get very aggressive at this deadline. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the Reds, kind of what they could do, I mean, really it's only a reliever, right? Because they have plenty of starting pitching. They don't need to bring in another starter. You have, they have basically, I mean, you're not going to – you're probably not going to replace Freddie Galvis right now. He's at, he's one of the few guys that's actually hitting. Um, you know, both of the catchers have been pretty disappointing at the plate, but, you know – what they bring in just being able to call a game and, and that sort of stuff. Plus, you know, on the catching side, you, you still have Tyler Stevenson who right. you know, batting, uh, batting a thousand 
<laughs> in his big league career so far. So yeah, my, uh, that, that's one of my favorite stats so far though, is that um, the, uh, the win probability added for Tyler Stevenson is third on the Reds. <laughs> so far and he's only played in one game and has two at bats. Yeah, I was gonna say he didn't, say, he didn't two... even start in that game. Yeah, shout um, out to uh, our our, our uh, colleague uh, Tony Wolf on that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, but the, the Tyler Stevenson. As as we're talking about things that we've seen so far in this incredibly strange baseball season, Tyler Stevenson is certainly one of those those definite bright spots because. Yeah. You know, a guy, a former first-round pick, uh, a guy the Reds have been very high on uh, for a long, long time, despite the fact that, you know, prospect lists haven't exactly loved him. I mean, he's been a fringe top 100 prospect. He's not a no-name by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not like he's one of the top, top prospects in all of baseball, uh, despite the fact that he's got very, very measurable tools uh, and has put up some decent numbers, albeit in some very pitcher-friendly environments in the minors. Um, he's a guy who is... 100% a future piece of the Cincinnati Reds team and to get a glimpse of him uh, the way that we did and to have him perform on that big stage the way that he did was uh, it was super super cool there's there's no doubt about that so um, yeah you know it, with for the Reds it's it's almost like you wonder uh, how much they're going to willing to be you know kind of gambling and opportunistic at this trade deadline because yeah. they don't have to be. Uh, I think they've got all the parts and pieces, flaws and all right now, injuries and all also, uh, to kind of ride it out and still have every bit of an opportunity to maybe even win the NL Central, but to comfortably walk into a playoff spot. They're good enough for that. They really yeah. are and they really and, should be. And uh, one thing that we haven't touched on is that, you know, in in the event that, you know, an outfielder is – uh, you know, who's going to miss time because of this uh, positive COVID test, you know, hope, you know, not to speculate uh, more than we, we can, but they went out and uh, picked up Nick Williams off of waivers from the Phillies. So yeah, you know, yeah. They might've already made their, you know, that if, if he pans out, they, they might not even need to, to get another bat at the deadline, you know, because we, they could be we have a even- guy that could slot in um, to that left field spot. Um, I, th- I think he can maybe play a little center. I don't, I don't quite remember, but you know, you have another, another name out there who can, who can be, you know, better than what they've thrown out there so far, you know, as much as, as much as, uh, I, I like Philip Irvin. I like, I root for Philip Irvin to, to succeed. He really has, has not taken advantage of, uh, his chance so far this year. They're not getting anything out of uh, you know, really any of the other bench spots uh, outside of, you know, some slick defense from Kyle Farmer and, you know, uh, the the occasional dinger from Matt Davidson. You know, they, they really don't have too many, too many productive pieces outside of, you know, the guys we've already talked about. So you almost wonder if it's going to be a huge, huge game changer here. You you almost wonder if the, it's it's Aristides Aquino's time too. I mean, he's another guy the Reds have that is just parked yeah. in Prasco because they've got so and many just, damn outfielders. Just waiting, yeah, biding his time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have other other names out there too that you know we haven't seen that could potentially come up and and play an, an impact. You know, uh, you know, Jose Garcia was absolutely tearing the cover off the ball during spring training. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think that we'll see him at some point, uh, this year, 
assuming that they're okay, you know, burning an option on him, but you know, it, it's not like there aren't options. It's just that, you know, they're still kind of feeling out the ones that they, they have on this big league roster and, and trying to kind of find the pieces that uh, are going to, you know, get us to the postseason. You know, the one thing that did cross my mind as we're talking about all this and kind of putting together all the pieces, um, we've talked about the Reds starting pitching and how good it's been, how deep they are. Um, we've talked about the bullpen struggles. We've talked about the fact that the offense is pretty well set in stone. We've even talked about some of the top prospects they've got that seem almost ready to be, you know, stepping in right now. Um, when I talked about the Reds potentially being opportunistic, uh, they might even have enough starting pitching to where they could deal somebody at this t- at yeah. this trade deadline. You know, um, Anthony DiSclefani is a free agent at year's end. Uh, they've got, if Wade Miley is anything, five starters with Tyler Malley around. You've got TJ Antone around also. You've also yeah. got a 28-man roster, which means you've got more relievers if they can actually get three outs an inning that you could turn over to and use more bullpen arms. Uh, in the playoffs – Obviously, teams shrink their rosters anyway, and you only see three, maybe four starters in a seven-game series. Uh, It's also only a 60-game season. There are only 40 games left between now and the end of the year, Um, and the Reds have a lot of starting pitchers that feel like they can go a lot of innings this year. Um, Would it be feasible to to market a starting pitcher, which is always one of the most – you know, desired yeah. things at a trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, not to see you would normally see a playoff team do, but 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 it's also not the you know normally yeah. the, the trade deadline isn't uh, yeah, what um, thirty games toward the end of the season. You know, um, yeah. so if, if the red that 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 that's what that that's five starts maybe for Disco. Uh, do you maybe see what you can get for him and see if there's some team out there that says? We're really good. We're, we're outperforming our peripherals this year and never thought we'd really have a chance at a playoff run, but we're one starting pitcher away from being potentially a, 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 a threat. Is it worth yeah. gauging the market on that? You know, is this go a guy that you think might re-sign this offseason to be a long-term piece? Uh, Wade Miley obviously signed for next year also, and Tyler Malley's still around. Um, Trevor Bauer obviously is a free agent at season's end. Um, is it is it worth the Reds' while to say, hey, we still have huge ambitions for this year, but we might have more starting pitchers than we really think we need, and knock on wood, somebody might just give us more than we probably should get for one. Um, is that something the Reds should consider? Is that even like yeah. – it's not it's not mailing it in by any stretch of the imagination. Should they be opportunistic and try to see if there's a market for that this year? Right, and I mean if they can if they can make a big splash, you know, if that's, if that's going to be the hot commodity – and they can sell high on on a guy like Disco, you know, even if you have, you know, Jose De Leon and Tony Santian, you know, taking, you know, taking starts, spot starts till till the end of the year. But you know, as you or, said, or I mean, Anton, you know, yeah, or Anton. I mean, Tyler Malley's been great. Um, you know, I I would have no, you know, I'll I'll go I'll go forward with that guy, and you know. Really, you're not gonna you're not gonna need a Stefani in the playoffs as long as you have you know the main the main three healthy plus maybe another you know then your your Wade Miley or or Tyler Malley you know really you know see what see what's out there I mean I, I'm sure that Dick Williams and uh, Nick Crawl are, are listening on on that 
but you know, at the same time, you you gotta you gotta find the right team that is also looking. But I, I mean, the the Reds roster is built to withstand a guy like like Disco not being able to pitch, right? So, right. If uh, if yeah, I, I would say if the deal's there, you know, it's it's definitely the season to be creative and to you know, you never know you know how how things are going to go here. Yeah, I mean Houston's eleven and ten and lost Justin Verlander probably for the season. Uh, you know the the freaking Orioles are twelve and nine and they have no pitching. They've never had pitching and they gave away Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman in the last two three years. Also, like they might want an arm for a, a, a surprising stretch run. Um, Atlanta has obviously seen multiple pitchers go down. Fulty's down. Soroka's out with a Achilles injury. Um, there are good teams out there that look like they're going to make the playoffs, but. Might want a legitimate starting pitcher, even if it's a number three, number four guy. Uh, it, you know, who knows? It, it's 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 a position the Reds, um, you know, don't have to take. Uh, but it's one I think they're in a position to capitalize on because Anthony Scafani on any given day is the best pitcher on the Reds roster. He's that good when he's that good. You know, he's not as, right. yeah, he's, he's not as consistent, but the upside's there. And even, you know, we saw him at his worst in his last start, but you, you expect him to be a very feasible number three, number four starter on a good pitching staff. Uh, and the Reds, he's their number five, number four, number five guy uh, in a season where you don't really need a whole lot more than three going forward. So, you know, right. it, it's, it's an enviable, enviable position for the Reds to be in, which is the first time in – I don't even know how many years I've been able to say that uh, about the Reds as they approach a trade deadline. Um, and yeah, like I said, yeah. we'll we'll dig more into the deadline later this week when we can start identifying some more specific names. But just a concept that popped in my head because uh, you know it yeah. might not I fix mean, it might not fix anything for the 2020 Reds, but it also might not hurt anything for the 2020 Reds, and it might help a lot for the future of the Reds if you find the right deal. Right. I think it definitely has to be the right deal. And I think the the one kind of downside, the uh, kind of the opposing view of why you wouldn't do that would be that, you know, you don't know how many double headers you're going to need, uh, you know, going forward. And so you are going to want you're going to want enough starting pitching to be able to handle, you know, maybe multiple double headers in a week, you know, depending on you know, that that last uh, pirate series is, is definitely looking like it's going to be you know, double header heavy, but, um, you know, as yeah, the, the Reds have the roster to, they can, they can overcome it. And, you know, the way that the way that the season has gone, I just feel it's, it's so different than normal season because you can't really, you can't really project even a week into the, into the season. (laughs) Yeah. you know, it's it's like managing every game like it's like it's the last game you're going to play, and it's it's, it's, kind su- of, it's, it's Sunday it's night. I don't even know if the Reds are playing on Tuesday. I have no idea yeah. if the Reds are playing on Tuesday. Yeah, you know? same, exactly. <laughs> and it's like it's it's like you're it's a playoff series, right? It's yeah, you're you're trying to win every single game, and you're just if you treat every game like it's your last, maybe you'll look up at the end of the year and you'll be one of the the top sixteen teams. And you'll get to go to the playoffs, and then you're in the playoffs, and so you just kind of keep it going. But you know, it's it's so you there's there's no kind of playing to the schedule. There's no kind of oh well, we got an off day coming up next week, and so you know this guy will pitch here and this guy will pitch here. It's like you there's it's none of that. It's just you 
figure out a way to win tonight and figure it out later. Like then the next thing happens. And so it's, it's just so weird and it's, and it's going to get weirder to see what happens. You know, it's going to get weirder. That's the thing about this right. is that I, yeah, I we, keep, we I haven't keep, even seen <laughs> what, what the weirdest thing is going to be. I'm sure. Like I, I keep telling myself, okay, 16 teams make the playoffs. This Reds team is definitely one of the 16 best teams. Definitely one of the eight best NL teams. They're going to make it. They just have to tread water and get there. And then at that point, Moose will be healthy. Suarez will have figured it out. The rotation will have fallen in place. Somebody in the bullpen will have tweaked Michael Lorenzen and he'll be good again. And then they'll make a run. But then I also have to tell myself, A, we've said for our entire existence that the the playoffs are a crapshoot, which they always are. Even in a condensed format, it's a crapshoot. You put 16 teams in, it's going to be even a bigger crapshoot. And then B, I keep telling myself if they can just wade through this 60-game season and get to the playoffs – for some reason, the playoffs are going to go out, go off seamlessly. No, there's going to be right. issues in the playoffs too, and there's going to be a COVID positive there's test. Be postponements. There's yeah, going to be, be postponements. It's the whole thing is going to be same stuff. Yeah, from now until the finish, it's going to be nuts. It just is. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be different every single day. And yeah, for I, I don't know how managers and GMs are sleeping at all through any of this process, unless they just long ago threw their hands up in the air and said. Whatever, I'm having five beers and I'll wake up whenever I want to tomorrow because pre-planning doesn't really do you any good because you just don't freaking know. There's no way to know. It's just play it by ear and be ready to react when you have the opportunity because uh, things are weird. They're going to get weirder. And the Reds are right now in their first, well, second, first real big instance, but second instance already, 20 games played into the season of just trying to sort things out and tread water. And that's uh, that's where we are. So, um, any final thoughts? Anything else we didn't really get to? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it's just uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Reds will get to play baseball on Tuesday, and we'll we'll have some more stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the only thing I can look at and say is that you know, Eugenio Suarez is better than Eugenio Suarez has been. Uh, I still see enough in Shogo to think that he's going to be better than the numbers he's put up. Uh, Michael Lorenzen isn't this bad. Uh, Amir Garrett needs to pitch a little bit more often, probably. Um, David Bell is being very conservative with managing his pitchers because he's seen so many injuries across the pitching landscape. It's bit him in the butt a couple times. Um, he's also and he's also made the. Been not the he has been the opposite of conservative with his hitting. Yeah, as uh, the first time in a kind of AL uh, management scenario for him, which uh, it has been an interesting wrinkle, which we could talk about. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I feel like a lot of times he's made what I think is the right decision, and it's blown up right in his face. You know, yeah. um, a lot of times well, he's gone to guys. A lot of bad luck with yeah, the, a with lot of guys that the kind of routine things that he's made. A lot of guys that you would expect to be able to come in and get a job done that haven't done it. You know. Um, there's been a lot of weirdness going on. And I think that's, you know, it, it, it's hard to ask major league baseball players who are such creatures of habit um, to be the same players. They always are going through all of this and getting tested for a major plague virus every day, multiple times, some days um, and playing in front of no fans and playing in quiet stadiums and, uh, you know, playing the same teams over and over again, because it's all a geographical schedule. It, it's a weird year on, 
so damn many different levels and it just keeps getting weirder. And that's the, I think that's just the reality of things um, all across the country in this year, but also baseball specifically. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back in another uh, couple days, a week, whatnot, and uh, see if we can't dive into if the Reds have played between now and then for one, uh, how they've, <laughs> how, how they've played. Uh, and also if the trade deadline seems like it's actually a thing that's going to be uh, uh, newsworthy as we go forward too, because uh, if it is, I, I think the Reds could could be opportunistic in a couple of different spots and uh, maybe make some some improvements. And yeah, we'll see. So um, I guess right. with that, for Beak, I'm Wick. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. We are the Red Reporter Podcast. You can read our stuff at Red Reporter. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Red Reporter. You can find us on Facebook here and there at Red Reporter Fans. Um, we don't have an Instagram. We don't have TikTok. We don't have uh, a lot of other stuff. But uh, yeah, so uh, I guess that's uh, that's about which, where you can find us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well good stuff man big thanks for joining me and we will uh we will catch up with you guys um this time next week all right yep see ya peace out